Welcome to Present Truth Broadcast with Pastor Maxwell Ogaga. Brought to you by Present Truth Ministry, a teaching ministry where believers are trained to be established in the truth of God's Word. For more information and free downloads, please visit www.pastormax.ng. So we started a series called Biblical View of Work. Or, I said, Biblical View of Work. Whichever is the correct pronunciation for you. And what we were trying to establish exactly is how does God view our work. And we are able to establish last week that we have three views to work. There are people who think that work came because man fell. And therefore work is like a curse. So those people's perspective is, oh, if everything was good, we will not be working. And there are those also who feel, well, work is not spiritual. You know, for instance, you hear people say, I just want to do this company work for a time. After that, I will now start serving God. What they mean by that is, they are going to give their best years to the company they are working for, and then give their remaining years to the service of God by becoming a Sunday school teacher or something. And we have that view of work. And some other people just feel, listen, work is work. God has nothing to do with it. My spiritual life is my spiritual life. So those people can be very dangerous because then they tell you this is business. This is not church. You know, so there's that demarcation. There's that separation. Please make sure you get last Sunday's message. It's free. If you don't have it, it's important for you to to, to build up. So I don't use this time to do the summary for you. But we found that in Genesis chapter 2 and verse 15 that the Lord God took man and put him in the garden of Eden to work and to keep it. The ESV version. To work and to keep it. So when God put man in the garden, he wasn't, man was not working because he needed money. Right? Hello? Man was not working because he was poor. Man was not working because he had six children and he needed to take care of. It was man alone. But God says, hey, take care of the garden. So we find out from the beginning that God gave man work as an expression of God's creativity through man. And so work was not after the fall, work was before the fall. What happened after the fall was that there was a curse to it, which, you know, but that's not the point. The point essentially is even before man fell, God gave him work. And what was the work? Take care of the garden. And then interestingly, As I was studying this subject, I've never seen it that way before until I began to study this subject. In Genesis chapter chapter 8, chapter 6, the Bible says in verse 8, Noah found grace in the sight of God. And then you go to verse 13. God starts telling Noah, I want you to build an ark of gopher wood. God didn't just say, I want you to build an ark. God specified the wood. God specified the meters. God specified the work. All right? And God began to tell him about what to build and how to build. So when God, when Noah found grace in the sight of God, what was the product of that grace? Work. That grace found expression through work. And I said that we have to redefine our understanding of the word favor. Because for us, what favor means is you don't go to work, you know, you do little and get much. But if we study scriptures, all the people God favored, we see that they were working so much. So I'll give you an example. The favor of God was upon Joseph. 
And he became a prime minister in Egypt. So he wasn't a prime minister like our own concept of prime minister driving with chariots and people just hailing Primo, Primo. That's not a concept. He had to make sure that the economy of Egypt was stabilized. God found, um, Abraham found favor with God. He had 318 servants in his own house. In fact, the Bible says that there was um, quarrels between the headsmen of Lot and the headsmen of Abraham because their, thing, their goods were growing. Look, um, look at Jacob going to the house of Laban. And Laban says, by experience, I know that when you came in, my business had increased. In fact, Laban said, name your wages. These guys were not lazy people. The God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob we talk about, they were not lazy people. These guys were hard workers. And they were not working in an oil company. They were not working in a blue-collar, black-collar, green-collar job. These guys were headsmen, like full-hand headsmen. You understand know what I'm saying? <laughs> They're headsmen. They're looking after cows. They're looking after cattles. Praise God. The Bible says, And Isaac sowed in that same land, and in that same year he reaped a hundredfold return. What did he sow? Not money. What did he sow? He planted crops. And you know what happened? The Philistines came against them. And what happened? They put sand in, in his uh, wells. He didn't go and say, Lord God Almighty, wherever the thunder is, I send it to them. No, what did the guy do? He went up and dug again. They covered it. He went up and dug again. I mean, how many of you will come share that testimony? Praise the Lord. I opened the well, the poor sand, but I've dug another well. saying, I'm no brother. No, no, no. You need to fight. Christianity is not stupidity. Even though you are born again, you are not foolish. And you know, we carry this civil rights mentality into the body of Christ. And it also affects our prayers. And this guy dug to the point where the guys got tired. And the Lord blessed them. We do not have a pattern of laziness in the scripture. There's no pattern. Even the most incredible miracles came on the platform of people working. So I'll give you an interesting story. But uh, someone asked me, I'm very interested, uh, uh, someone asked me after church on Sunday, he said, Pastor, what about the concept of retiring early? And I said two things. I said, number one, if you, if you can retire early, it means you have worked so hard. It means you've put in. But you also find out that people who, in quote, retire early, what do they do? They now actually pour their life into something they really want to do. Right? So, so there's really nothing about like retiring early because, for instance, when you retire early, then you just find out that you're passionate about orphanage, about education, and that becomes like an expression of work for you. Okay. Now, so we find out that David was a shepherd and a king. Luke was a doctor. Lydia was a retailer of purple fabric, seller of purple, Acts chapter 16, verse 14. Daniel was a, a government worker. Paul was both an apostle and a tent maker. Mary was a homemaker. And the Lord Jesus was a carpenter for, 30, for about 30 years, maybe 20, 25 years thereabout. He was doing carpentry. The Lord was not a doctor. He was a carpenter. And I said this clearly, that scripture gives dignity to all types of work. Not elevating any honest profession above another. Scripture gives dignity to all kinds of work that are honest. Now, having understood that, and having understood that we do not have a pattern of laziness in Scripture, how then do we approach work? What does Scripture tell us about work? So we're going to go through a couple of Scriptures today, and we're going to 
Just deal on that. Let's go to Exodus chapter 31. I'm going to read from the message, uh, sorry, the, amplif- the New King James, the Amplified and the Message. Okay, so Exodus 31. And I think I'm just going to read from the Amplified, but you can follow. Okay, the difference is not much. Exodus 31 now. And let's go to verse 1. Yeah, I wanted to say this now. Please listen to this. It's very important. When the children of Israel were in captivity in Egypt for 430 years, they worked hard. They were like slaves, right? Hello? And they came out of slavery. And they were in the wilderness for 40 years. How were they feeding in the wilderness? What happened? On manna. What was manna? In just food. How was it coming? Supernaturally. What happened when they got to the promised land? Immediately they stepped their feet in the promised land. What happened? The manna ceased. The manna trees, they had to now plant because the land was a land that was flowing with milk and honey. It didn't mean that when they say the land was flowing with milk and honey, it didn't mean that when you can just get up in the morning in your house and just take a jug and just go anywhere in the land and you, you drink sand. Do you understand what I'm saying? <clears throat> it just means that the land was fruitful. But why did the manna cease? Because manna provision is not the way Christians should live. Christians should not be living from miracle unto miracle. They dash you money today. They dash you tomorrow. They dash you... No, 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 no. Let's say in the last five years, I have not been working. I don't know I have been eating. Isn't God faithful? He is faithful, but He wants you to now work. You must understand... Now, I'll give you another example. I'll give you another example. Elijah meets this woman. To pay her indebtedness, what happens? He says, go borrow vessels. I'm going to multiply the oil. But what are you going to do with that multiplication? Go and do what? Sell. Everybody say it one more time. Go and do what? Sell. That means that miracles are going to come to you to kickstart your work. So somebody comes and they'll say, How? Oh, you know, I just felt impressed of the Lord to give you 30,000. What's that 30,000? That's your startup to start a business. It's not going to go and buy shawarma and milk and cross leg and say, you know, pastor, I've been teaching on favor, but I don't understand it. The thing is a mystery. You will be poor. When God initiates a miracle, He expects you from that miracle to do what? To kickstart your life. Let's look at the case of Peter. Um, Peter was toiling night and day, no fish, and gives the boat to Jesus. Jesus finished preaching and said, cast your net on the right hand side. What do you think Jesus was expecting them to do with the fishes they are going to catch? Go back and sell. So every time, I only use the word dash, every time someone dashes you money, gives you lump sum of money, what do you do? Kickstart something. That, I, I shared the, the, the example with you. That happened to us Maybe three years ago. Someone gave us some sum of money, some large sum of money. I just told my wife, let's start a bookshop. That's how we started the bookshop. If we had not started the bookshop, the money would have been finished by now. And you know what we're doing? We're trusting the Lord. We're believing the Lord. See, God is not foolish. To him that has, more will be given. To him that has not, even that which he has would what? Be taken away from him. Have that approach to life that God is going to favor your work. Let's go to Exodus 31. Let's read from verse 1 to verse 6. Then the Lord spoke to Moses, saying, See, I have called by name Bezaleel, 
the son of Uri, the son of Hor, of the tribe of Judah. And I have filled him with what? The Spirit of God. Everybody say the Spirit of God. In wisdom, in understanding, in knowledge, and in all manner of workmanship. The Amplified says, in all kinds of craftsmanship. I want you to go back to verse, yeah, leave it there. And I have filled him with the Spirit, capital S, talking about the Spirit of God. Spirit of God in wisdom and ability. So, in fact, theology, this is the first instance in the scriptures where you actually have the Bible saying that someone was filled with the Spirit of God. So, this man was filled with the Spirit of God not just to preach, not just to do morning cries. He was filled with the Spirit of God to do what? To do craftsmanship. And, and he's explained. Look at this. For, to design, verse 4, to design artistic work. That means this guy was anointed to design artistic work. Right? <laughs> Number two. To walk in gold, in silver, in bronze, in cutting jewels for setting, in carving wood, to walk all manner of workmanship. Look at the anointing that God placed on this man. To walk in silver, to walk in gold, to carve wood. And God anointed this guy for this job. There's a guy in my church, in, in our church in Worry. I think mean, daddy spends time teaching us a lot grace, under the grace and anointing series. And this guy, after the message, goes before the Lord and says, Lord, what have you really created me to do? And uh, he studied computer science. But he, he just discovered that the Lord began to lead him towards the area of fashion. So he started the fashion stuff. Sometimes he will be driven in the night and he will have a vision of a shirt pattern. And get up in the morning and sew it. And he's doing so well in, in fashion business. God is interested in your work. You can be anointed to be a carpenter. And there will be something different about what you do. He says, you are, he says he's anointed. For, you know, some people, <laughs> some people, you know, most times when I travel to preach and I go out, my kids uh, always like to welcome me home. So sometimes they like drawing. Most times they like drawing me. You know, but... You know, when I come and they welcome me and they show me the picture, then I have to ask, who is this? Then they say, it's you. Then, then I understand what the scripture means, that we walk by faith and not by sight. Because by sight, that's not me. But by faith, it's me. How many of you know they are not anointed to draw? <laughs> do you understand what I'm saying? If you do something and you need a lot of explanations to convince people of what you're doing, that's not your field. That's not your field. And that's one of the reasons we struggle. This guy was anointed. But I want you to look at the, I want you to look at the basic things as it were that the Lord anointed them to do. Craftsmanship. Because we always feel, oh, if it's not a white collar job, if it's not working in this, if it's not doing, if we're not wearing coveralls and helmets and rain boots, then it's not that God, you know, people say, I'm waiting for the real time God will turn my story around. By turn my story around means that they sit in a chair with air condition blowing and they are calling, hey John, where are you? Hey, bring the tea. You know, that's our perception of God turning our story. And because of that, the very abilities that God is put in our spirit, we don't exercise them 
Because we have a picture of our mind, the work that shows that God has really answered our prayers. And look at what God anointed this, this guy for. Verse 6. And I indeed have appointed with him Aholiab, the son of Ahishamak, of the tribe of Dan, and I put wisdom in his heart, in the heart of all the gifted artisans, and they may make all that I've commanded you. And you see, if you ever go on Google and um, type out the tabernacle of Moses, or the, the ark of the covenant or something, and just see the beauty and the splendor of the ark, you know that guys were anointed to do this. To walk in gold. To walk in craftsmanship. There's some of you, you just like to cook. Even when nobody's hungry, you are still cooking. That might be the area that God has put His Spirit upon you to walk. But no! You must be in Egypt. And why there are some people, you don't have any business cooking. Because by the time you finish cooking, you have to explain to people what the food is. This food you are seeing is actually a goosey, but it's the brown type. I say, yes, sir. Because <laughs> whatever you are cooking is either a burnt offering or close to a burnt offering. Just find out your area. Find out what the Lord is leading you to do. Even as a minister, I mean, there are certain times I've been invited to preach in crusades. Oh, man of God, we like, we like, ah, no, God is using you powerfully. We want to come and preach in this crusade. The first time I preached in a crusade, well, it was the one pastor, as I organized. I preached for 12 minutes, I was done. He saw I was struggling, so he came to take the mic from me and he continued. You know, because I'm not used to, you know, the woman with the witch of blood. And Jesus said, and Jesus is calling you today. He's calling you to turn away from your sin. That's not me. If I'm reading the woman with the witch of blood, I'm paying attention to details. I'm reading scriptures. I don't fit in there. Sometimes I get invitation. Pastor, there's this all night. Where we're I don't do all nights. Because number one, I mean, people spend all their time praising in all night. When you want to teach, that's when they're sleeping. It, 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 that one will just... It will make me get angry. So I don't take all night invitation. I rather teach people during the day. Then the only all night we are taught was when we went to Kenya. And that was a teaching all night. I taught for one hour, 30 minutes. They did praises. I taught for another one hour. Everybody was active. That's the first and only all night I've accepted. Why? Because I'm anointed. But there are people who don't mind. They can do crusades all their life. They will never teach. There is something the Spirit of God has put in your heart. For work. For work. Now, I want to emphasize this. For work. Because you hear people just come up and say, you know, my passion is just to, and whatever they are saying their passion is, is not work. God will not just put something in your heart that other people will fund. Whatever God puts in your heart will demand that you work. Are you following what I'm saying? So God is not going to put something in your heart and say, support me, this is my passion, this is my passion. No, your passion is your work. It must involve you doing what? Working. Alright? Let's go to... Now God can, can, can give not only spiritual gifts, but practical abilities by which to earn a living and to enjoy what we create. God wants us to participate in that creation process. Praise the name of the Lord. I said, praise the name of the Lord. God wants us. And that's why very early in life, train your children this way to start inquiring of the Lord. What will you have me do? 
I gave you the, the, the example of my younger sister. She was going to read Masco. My dad is a fine artist, so my dad specializes in textile designs from our Polytechnic. So my dad is basically a fine artist. And somehow, my younger sister, she just, she can draw, she likes art, she likes all of these things, but then the eldest one was going to do Mascom. So we just said, all of you just go do Mascom. So after one year, one day we were driving past some, somewhere, she saw an art gallery. The way she was fixated and looking at this art gallery, I just told my dad, I said, this girl will do Mascom four years and burn your money and go back to school that he now really wants to study what she wants. If you don't want that Mascom certificate for you, send her back. So she went back and read textile arts. I mean, she's doing well. She's doing artistic stuff and all that. All that. It's just deep within their spirit. Is that bringing all of the money in the world? Probably not. Probably not. But the emphasis is this. God is interested in the works of your hands. And never be ashamed of the work you do. You fry bones, you fry stuff. If they ask you what you do, say, you, this is what I do. There's nothing like, you know, this is what I'm doing now until. There's no until. This is your life. You're already living. That's why we have teachers in schools that have no business being there. They use their children as an experiment because for them, teaching is a stepping stone. I'm just managing this one until the managing, including both the teaching and your children, until I get a good job. So, what about the job you're doing? And we're going to see that from scripture. What's our approach to work? How do we value work? Listen to me. God will never bless you in any job you talk down on. It doesn't matter. You will struggle. It is inconsistent with scriptures. Praise the name of the Lord. I've got, when, when we graduated, you know, a couple of our guys, some work in this, some work in that, some work there. You know, most times when we get together, and some of us are like full-time pastors, don't get together, they are introducing, you know, this one, I work here, I work here, I work here. I see some of my pastors. Oh, what do you do? We, are, we actually, we are into uh, human capacity, uh, um, enlargement, you know, stuff, stuff. We are author, speaker, writer. This, I said, what, what is all this one now? He asked me, what are you? I said, I'm a missionary, I'm a pastor. Because, you know, they feel pastor, no, 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 no. They won't respect you. You're an author, life coach. Management, as one of my friends says, he's a mind expansion specialist. Oga, Ephesians chapter 4, it's clear now. You're either a pastor or already. No, that is not. You are the one to expand the mind. And before you know, you start teaching a lot of psychology instead of scriptures because you want to fit into the name that is generally accepted. It was missionaries that brought the gospel to us. God caused some people into that field. Be proud of whatever work that you find that you're doing with your hands. Not just to be proud of it, but to be grateful to God for it. You walk with an attitude of gratitude. When we're building this place, right, you see some mason, they come and walk. You just enjoy their walk. They are singing, they are whistling, they are having fun. Why some? You will know that. The way they will carry the block. By the time they are done, like 30 blocks are broken. They will say, ah, the block is not strong. No, the, the block is breaking because of the internal anger. 
Do you know that every office you complain about, there are people in that office thriving? Every job you complain about, there are people in that job thriving. Every profession you complain about, there are people in that profession doing what? Thriving. So the problem is not the job, it's not the profession, it's not the company. The problem is what? Your attitude. Ephesians chapter 4 verse 28. Ephesians 4.28 Ephesians 4.28 Let him who stole steal no longer. So, he was talking to believers in the, Ephes- in the church in Ephesians. So, he knew that some of them were stealing. <laughs> you know, sometimes it's a shame. You know, when you go for some in quote, Christian meetings. And they say, well, make sure you hold your phone. Make sure you hold your phone. It's not today it started. So Paul was preaching. He said, let them who still steal no more. He's talking to the church. Right? But rather let him labor, walking with his hands, what is good, that he may have something to give him who has need. Look at this. Do you have the message translation? Give me the message translation. The message, or we do the Amplified first, and then the message, whatever comes first. Let the thief steal no more. I'm using the Amplified now. Let the thief steal no more. Okay, good. But rather let him be industrious. Everybody say industrious. That's the word I want. Be industrious. Don't be found to be lazy. In the early days of ministry, when we're just starting out, I mean, we sold all kinds of things. At the point, my wife sold Zobo. At the point, she had to make bonds to school. At the point, we had to sell recharge cut. Because that's not the point to now say, you know, give to those who you are ministering to. We're not ministering to anybody. We just started out. And you find out that some ministers in the name of full-time pastor become a pest to every known person in their contact list. Man of God is praying now. Send something. <laughs> happy weekend. Happy Sunday. Happy Tuesday. Are you not tired? Go study scriptures. And Paul had to show that example. I mean, I'll, and I'll say this clearly. Listen to me. If you are taught by, the, by a minister of the gospel, Galatians 6.6 6 gives you a duty to take care of that man. Whether you perform that duty or not is left between you and God. But you have a spiritual obligation to take care of your teacher. It is clear. Paul had to wave that right and had to walk with his hands so that he will not be a burden to those that he ministers to. That, so that's very clear. Now, let's go, let's go uh, industrious, making an honest living. So I want to pick the word industrious and honest living. The believer is not to engage in any work that is not honest. So you don't do something that is not honest and then when you now give, you now use the giving to clear your conscience. No. The work that a believer, you must be able to say, this is what I do. And you know Niger bet is not work. Say amen. I told them in Finima Church, if you listen to me every day and you are doing sports gamble, the angels of heaven will make sure you never win. Never. And you will keep losing money. Because for some of us now, it's a way of life. So what do you do? I'm a professional gambler. No. <laughs> let the thief steal no more. Now, when he says, let the thief steal no more, let's look at that phrase now. What that means is that the believer is not supposed to do business that, in a way, 
cheats people. So I give you an example. You know that you are selling, let's say, drinks, right? Like whatever drink. And then the thing has expired. But you quickly just change the number to sell. And you say, this is the work of my hand. You are a thief. That's what stealing is. So stealing does not really mean... No, I mean, it means that. It means taking what does not belong to you. That's the literal meaning. But it also means trying to engage people, but your intention is to scam them. So they say, do a table for me. You know that this table, you collected money for such, such um, wood. Then... You now go and use a fake wood so that four years back, the person comes in. That's not what a believer is. You see, you be very clear in what you're doing. It's almost like now, when they say, my master has not taught me the secret of this business. What they're actually saying is they have not taught me the lies that are in the business. Stand for excellence. The Lord will cause you to prosper. You know, I mean, I'm so grateful to the, the building team that led this building. One of the things that gets to my heart so much is when people will dupe you in the name of a believer. Ah, we are brothers. When it comes to church, I don't charge. Who am I to charge the house of God? In your pastoral spirit, you think that this guy, we have met one of the most honest persons in the world. After paying them, you call somebody who doesn't even, maybe with a bottle of beer in his hand. He will come and rate the work. Work is zero. Price is very high. And meanwhile, that person next session, I just, I've gone to share testimony. I just want to thank the Lord. You see, eh? if you make your conscience to accommodate evil. It's on the day of judgment that you get your reward. Because you know, even with what I'm preaching, some people will not make adjustment. You say, Pastor, you don't understand. If you do it that way, you will never be rich. What's our goal of working? Because if you miss the goal of working, you will compromise your values. What's the goal of working? A goal of working, even as much as we need to take care of ourselves, is to give expression to the glory of God that is within us. That's the goal. Are you following what I'm saying? That's the goal. Should we make profit? Absolutely. God wants you to be profitable. But, it, but is it at the expense of people's health, people's safety? No. That's not what a believer should be engaged in. Let's go to Paul's account. First Thessalonians chapter. Do we have the message translation of this? Did you used to make ends meet by stealing? Well, no more. Get an honest job so you can help others who can work. So even though that lifestyle was profitable to you, God says what? No more. Everybody say no more. All right. Let's go to 1 Thessalonians chapter 4, verse 12 and 13. Wow, time is running. 1 Thessalonians chapter 4, 12 and 13. Are you here? Say amen. Say amen again. 
First <laughs> Thessalonians chapter 4, 12 and 13. Let's use the Amplified straight up. To make it your ambition and definitely endeavor to live quietly and peacefully, to mind your own affairs, and to walk with your hands as we charged you, as we commanded you, so that you may bear yourselves becomingly and be correct and honorable and command the respect of the outside world, being dependent on nobody, self-supporting and having need of nothing. Paul says, walk with your own hands. Walk with your own hands. So you don't have to be dependent on people. Walk with your own hands. If you need to clean cars, clean cars. If you need to wash clothes, wash clothes. I've said it before, I said it on Sunday. You would have people whose parents are going to clean as their job. They go out in the morning to help people clean their homes. And then you have the children they give that to, sit at home and say they are looking for a job. What stops you from following your mother to that job? Yet, when she comes back in the evening, it is from that job you will eat. Shame on you. It says, let every man mind his own affairs. The believer must be industrious by nature. We don't have a pattern of idleness in scriptures. Not one pattern. Let him walk with his own hands. Let him walk with his own hands. That's what scripture teaches us. When we walk consciously for God, not primarily for people, we are better able to deal with the imperfections of employers. Because ultimately, it is not about them, it's about pleasing God. Colossians chapter 3. Let's go to Colossians chapter 3. Colossians chapter 3 and verse 22. 22 to 25. Let's use the Amplified. Servants. You know, in those days it was about slavery, right? In, in that culture. Servants, obey in everything those who are your earthly masters. Not the word the Amplified uses. Earthly. Earthly masters. Not only when their eyes are on you as pleasers of men. That means you don't go to a job. When your boss is around, you are just serious. When your boss leaves, you log on to Facebook. That's not a believer. You see, a believer should require no supervision. Are you following what I'm saying? Shouldn't always be supervised. You know, there's some people like that. Don't always be supervised. When your boss is there, you are serious. When they, you just throw away. And just start relaxing. You know, that's what destroyed our government. Uh, civil structure. I remember... My, my parents were teachers, right? And you see teachers working so hard. Working so hard. And we'll get there. But when the pay was not coming, right? So, my mom will go to school, we'll still tie ice cream, we'll sell ice cream during break. At the point, they'll carry melon and ask the children during break to help them break melon. Before you know, teachers became business people. And their attitude to teaching just changed. Speak to all our civil service officers. I don't know which one is working. You give someone, you submit a file. They will ask you, how will the file be moved? And it's almost like 
collecting something has now become... How many of you have, when you travel, right, and you go use the restroom in a Lagos airport, you, you, sometimes, even when you feel pressed to use the restroom, when you consider how much you will pay, you just tell yourself, don't worry, let me just get to the plane, at least I've got tickets. Because then people are expecting you to give something. What should be voluntary? You now even prepare change. That's not how a believer should work. Are you following what I'm saying? When people give you tips, let it be out of your... The way they see you working. That's the essence. Tip is not part of... You know, it's not part of life. Like, you make it like almost... You make somebody now feel guilty for not giving you anything. Some of you, you have a good job. You're being paid. Whatever the amount of money is, factor your transport to and through your job. Are you hearing what I'm saying? All this one you leave and stand by the road and wait for somebody to carry you and stand for two hours for 50 naira bus to go home. Don't be doing it. You should, be, you should go above certain things in life. You will carry school, carry bag, carry this thing, cover off face, car, buy glass, phone, earpiece, and you are standing waiting for a ride. You are there for two hours. Precious time. Daily. How long will you continue that way? Have an approach to life that I will assume my own responsibility. Don't live in a culture of dependence. Are you following what I'm saying? Come on, I said, are you following what I'm saying? I know some of you don't like that, but you don't have a choice. Servants obeying everything. Those who are your earthly masters. Not only when their eyes are on you as pleasers of men, but in simplicity of purpose with all your heart. Everyone say, all your heart. Because of your reverence for the Lord. And as a sincere expression of your devotion to Him. This is what I like. My work is an expression of what? My devotion to God. So when I resume work in the morning, what am I doing? I am showing God how devoted I am to Him. It's not just working for a pay slip. Come on, let's think of it in, in practical terms this morning. Let's think of it. How many hours do you really spend in church? You spend two hours on a Sunday morning, one hour weekday. That's like three hours in a week, right? The rest of your hours, where do you spend them? At your work. That's where the real deal is. That's where people will actually know if you are a believer. If you are a man pleaser, you walk seriously because someone is supervising you, then you haven't gotten this message. Look at the next verse. Whatever may be your task. Everybody say, whatever may be your task. Whether it's a cleaner, whether you're a janitor, whether you're an electrician, a plumber, whatever may be your task. Walk at it heartily from the soul. As something done for the Lord and not for men. These changes are worth you entirely. These changes are worth you entirely. Whatever you do, do it as unto the Lord. Not just as unto men. Whatever job you've gotten, 
You know, some of you, how hard you prayed for that job. Oh God, oh God. And then the job comes. And the next thing, oh God, is this the job? Then the next thing, oh, this is my boss. Father, I'm waiting for when you will turn my stories. Turn it to where, what exactly? Because we live in a society that it's almost like those who still are the ones who are role models. And we think that's how life works. That's not how life works. We see all kinds of politicians ripping the nation apart. And unfortunately, we have made those same evil people our models in life. We want a life when we drive in, six cars are behind us, boys are jumping, shouting, doing, all those kind of things. Devoid of humility and reverence for the Lord. That's what we call success. In our own poverty reading society. And so, any job that is not giving you so much money, you just treat it casually. Waiting for the day God has answered your prayers. Not knowing that you are already in your answered prayers. So, whatever you do, do it heartily to the Lord. Verse 24. Knowing with all certainty that it is from the Lord and not from men that you would receive the inheritance which is really your reward. The one whom you are actually serving is the Lord Christ. He talks about your work and in the next verse talks about who you are serving. A very practical example. I mean, I can't forget that. Before we came, my wife used, my wife used to teach. So I was this child. His name is Feromi. I can't forget that example because every time I read this thing, he just... So, the boy was finding it difficult to read. Like, difficult to read. You know all those children, like, when you say, this is A... What is this? They say B. I know your next impulse is between a snap and a knock on your head. Which is the preferred option? <laughs> you know. So my my wife took the child specially, told the parents, "Well, let's just invest a bit on this child," and brought the child home. And you know, we we'll do all these reading stuff. Even me, I felt like the work is too much now. What is this? Calm down. You know. To me, I just felt okay. But you know what? After a while. The child began to read. Read very well. And because of that, the boy was just a bit older than Caris. Because of that, and then those were early days of ministry. My wife's salary then was like 20000 or something. Because of that, the parents were so happy. So whatever clothes the, boys, uh, the boy had stopped using, they would maybe once in six months, or they were a bit wealthy, once in six months also they would call my wife. I mean, pack all the clothes for Christ. For like close to three to four years, we didn't have to buy clothes. In my mind, I say, call the boy back and teach him how to build planes. Do you understand? Anything this boy wants to learn, even if he has to cook for free. But you see, what that, what that tells me is if, I had, if my wife had attended to that boy with my own attitude, we will not get that reward. And I mean, what brought tears to my eyes? Six months ago, the mother called my wife. I mean, they're not giving us clothes anymore. <laughs> but the mother, called, the mother called my wife and said, I just want to thank you. Peromi is now in secondary school and he's one of the best students in secondary school. I just want to tell you thank you for investing in his life. Nothing surpasses that. Knowing that another human being is fulfilling their purpose because you invested your life in them. How do deaths happen in our hospitals? Christians who are callous. 
Bring me dough. Uh, what is it? Before you know, I ask pastor, we are sorry. And you live with that. Go to chemist shop, run. Pharmacies run by believers. See outdated drugs there. Because to us, once we tight, every evil we have done is cleansed. Says whatever you do, do it as unto the Lord. The way you attend to people, the way you talk to people, do it as unto the Lord. Have that attitude. Verse 25. For he who does wrongfully will reap the fruit of his fully and be punished for his wrongdoing. And with God there is no partiality. No matter what a person's position may be, whether he is the slave or the master, since God has no partiality, he rewards alike. This will change our attitude to work. Praise the name of the Lord. God commands both the employers and the employees to have the same perspective to work. Quickly, go to Ephesians chapter 6, verse 5. Let's do, wow, we have like four scriptures. Ephesians 6, verse 5. Ephesians 6. Let's read from verse 5 to 9. Quickly, amplify. Servants, slaves. Remember, <laughs> now we are talking to people who have jobs. Remember who this scripture was being addressed to? Slaves. Do, do you get what I mean? I mean, this one is a job you applied for and they took you. But this one was slavery. And look at the commands that God was giving them because they were believers. They had all the excuse not to work hard because they were slaves. How many of you understand what I'm saying? Alright. Servant slaves, be obedient to those who are your physical masters. So he uses the word earthly masters in Colossians and uses the word physical masters. Having respect for them and eager concern to please them. In singleness of motive and with all your heart as service to Christ himself. He says the singleness of motive you should take to your job is that this one is service to Christ. Look at this. Not in, any, not in the way of eye service as if they are watching you and only to please men. But as servants, slaves of Christ doing the will of God heartily and with your whole soul. Rendering service readily with good will. As to the Lord and not to men. Knowing that for whatever good anyone does, he will receive his reward from the Lord, whether he is slave or free. So even though our physical masters pay us, our reward is actually from who? From God. Look at this. Some of, some of us, the way we walk, are you sure the Lord will really reward us? Salespeople, you're a sales girl or sales boy in a shop because you are too tired. Anything they ask you, you say, We don't have. Do you have this? Ah, no, we don't have. We have not gone to market. And yet, at the end of the day, you want to be paid. You masters act on the same principle towards them and giving up and give up threatening and using violent and abusive words, knowing that he who is both their master and yours is in heaven. And that there's no respect of persons, no partiality with him. So here he addresses the masters. When people are also working with you, how do you treat them? Your house help, your sales girl, your staff. Do you just come in like you are the God over them? Hey you, where are you? Come here, go there. Praise the name of the Lord. When you come, everybody is afraid not to lose their job. 
says the Lord will also reward you for that. Colossians 4.1 All the scriptures we're reading, note them down and go back home and study them properly. Very, very properly. I'm just giving you a tip. Study them properly. We could spend a lot of days on this. Colossians 4.1 I'm just giving you something to help you go back and study. Masters, on your part, deal with your slaves justly and fairly, knowing that you also have a master in heaven. That means when you are dealing with those you have employed, be fair to them. Be fair. Don't carry someone because the person does not have a job. You now give them a job worth 10,000. And when they are leaving, you now give them 500. It's wickedness. People have families. You say your work time is from 6 a.m. to 10 p.m. at night. It's fine. Either you want it or not. Life is serious business. That's not fair. As a believer, sometimes you can look at your staff and say, I think you are tired. Go spend some time with your family. It doesn't mean that when you have finally employed people, you say, go and give them pastor's message on work. Give them. Listen to this message. You have to be in those roads. Don't be a slave master. Create the right conditions for work. Are you following what I'm saying? Pay people fairly. Don't use the desperation of people to get something to eat to take advantage of them. It's not, that's not how a believer should work. Let your staff be happy working for you. Sometimes go out of your way and just, well, I know for some it can be an issue. Once you just ask them, so how is the family? You have entered trouble. Sir, 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 I don't want to talk. You, know, you have entered. Then the next day they come to work. Say, sir, I finished my work. But you know, last time you asked me about the family. Here is the list. <laughs> my grandmother in the village. <laughs> you know, I don't do that. Don't do that. When people give you the access to their life, it is not to devour them. The fact that you know you are working for somebody that has money does not mean every time you show up in work, you are always like this. So they ask you, what is wrong? Say, Madam, Madam, I just thank God for your life. Listen, listen, listen. Stop, stop that nonsense. I mean, because you have to create the balance in the way. Because then you have people coming now and say, you remember that message? They just ask you, are you not in KDC? You say, yes, I just thank God for our pastor. The way our pastor teaches, I like it. All because you are in for trouble. Was that Joseph's attitude in, in prison? No. Even though he was incarcerated for something he did not do, he was joyful. Listen, let me, explain, let me tell you this. And this is one principle that I have ever lived with in my life. No man on this earth will promise you anything more than what God has promised you in his word. No man. Doesn't matter if somebody looks at you and says, I will train you until you become the president of America. Listen to me. God has given you better and short promises in his word. And I'll tell you this. If God does not stir the heart of people in your direction, you will beg forever. So what do you do? You do your work dutifully and you go before the Lord. Are you following what I'm saying? Sometimes you can be working dutifully in one house. And where God will reward you will be somewhere else. You, you must not reap where you are sowing. You will surely reap 
But it must not be where you are sowing. The greatest ability you can learn in this life is to take your eyes off men. And I don't mean it in a haughty attitude. You know, there are people like that. You just say, I don't care about men. No, that's not what I'm saying. Don't get into that one again. Let's look at this now. 1 Timothy 6, 1 and 2. Let's do three scriptures quickly. There's something I must touch. 1 Timothy 6, 1 and 2. Let all who are under the yoke as bond servants esteem their own personal masters, worthy of honor and fullest respect. Honor your boss in the office. So that the name of God and the teaching about him may not be brought into disrepute. Don't let the way you walk in your office bring the name of God to disrepute. Honor your boss. Honor those who employed you. Give people the honor that is due them. Someone is your supervisor in the office. Don't say, ah, the man is not even a believer. I know who I am in Christ. Listen to me. Honor them. Don't, don't be too proud to use the word Sama in a culture where it's used in the office. Just learn to honor that it's a commandment of scripture. Let those who are believing masters not be disrespectful, scornful to them on the grounds that they are brothers in Christ. Rather, they should serve them all the better because those who benefit by their kindly service are believers and beloved. Teach and urge these duties. Paul said, teach the church these duties. Then the, the balance Paul created here was when you are now working for a believer, you know that this believer might find it hard to sack you and all of that. You now start misbehaving. And at the time, I had to sit some of our staff in church up. Because they felt, oh, it was church. I said, no. You carry your duty as if it was not church. If you have a time to resume the office, you show up in the office. I don't care whether it's raining. You just show up. <laughs> I read a funny story. Not a funny story, like... This newspaper curtains. Um, the guy applied for a job and he said his hobby was swimming. So the next day he was to resume and uh, he now sent a text to the boss and said, well, rain is falling heavily, there's water, flood everywhere. So he will not be able to resume, to resume work that day. So his boss texted back to him. That said, but you said your hobby is swimming. So I'll see you by 9 o'clock. Do you understand what that means? If your hobby is swimming... And rain is falling and there is flood. That is when to fulfill the hobby. Come to work. You understand? I never knew I was a good comedian. Okay. <laughs> two, <laughs> two more scriptures. James chapter 5 verse 4. Take out all these excuses from your life. Every day. It's either your neck is paining you. Your hand is paining you. Your waist is paining you. The person I employed you will not spend more on your treatment than the salary is paying you. Don't be lazy. Praise the name of the Lord. James chapter 5 verse 4. Quickly, give me James 5 4. So Paul calls these duties. But look, here are the wages that you have withheld by fraud from the laborers who have reached your field, crying out for vengeance. And the cries of the harvesters has come to the ears of the Lord of hosts. I want to emphasize two principles quickly as a roundup. Number one, as a believer, do not withhold people's salaries. God says their wages cry out to God. You employ somebody, first month, second month, you are still owing them, but you are having fun. God is against it totally. 
pay people as I went due. Some of you, you have people building your houses somewhere else. Don't owe people and now travel. Listen, for you, you might have the luxury of being able to travel and do what you want to do. Those people will depend on that to be able to take care of their family. Let your conscience come alive. Somebody worked for you six months ago. They are still calling your line, calling your line. And say it's just 20,000. Pay them. I mean, when, as, we build, as we're building church, sometimes our funds are low. Definitely we're owing for one or two folks where we need to pay off stuff. Ask any guy on the building team. My policy is, listen, if any money comes into the church, the first thing is pay up your guys. Pay up everybody. I mean, I'm not sure there's anybody who's worked for us in uh, maybe two years of building in this facility that can go anywhere and say, oh, this means. For some people, we tell them, oh, we're going to pay you on Friday. Money comes in on Tuesday, I just tell the company, call the guys and pay them up. And sometimes we've got to negotiate things. Maybe we've got a, a couple of cash, we need some more things so that the project can finish. And then, if they tell you stories about churches, you'll be amazed. That building is finished. They are still owing the cement they use for foundation. I mean, they will show you the check. This is the check the pastor gave. You see the church name. You see everything. And yet, everybody's idea is lifting holy hands. Number two. For Psalm 37, 21. Psalm 37, 21. Praise the name of the Lord. Psalm 37, 21. Quickly, guys. The wicked borrow and pay not again, for they may be unable, but the uncompromising righteous deal kindly and give for they are able. Number one, don't borrow and not pay. If you have debt, listen carefully to what I'm teaching this morning. If you have debt, go back home after the service. List them down. Even the one you think the person has forgotten, remind yourself. List them down and call them and own up and say, listen. I know I'm owing you. I don't have the money now that I'll pay. It is wickedness to loan money and not pay back. Are you following what I'm saying? Say amen, church. I said it is what? It is wickedness to loan and not pay back. You can't loan money from someone and you are still talking to them as if you don't owe them. Say hi, it's family. Family is not fine. Pay and don't be pretending that you have forgotten. As I'm speaking right now, the Holy Spirit is bringing everything you owe to your remembrance. Write it down and pay up. That is how to be a child of God. Whether big or small. Some of you, again, you have made vows. You know, you like vowing. You go to this church. I will give you 50 chairs. I will give you 30 chairs. Go and give them their chairs. No, I mean, do you know something? I was studying about this. And I remember we went to a funeral where pastor lost the uh, pastor's wife lost the husband. And they gave us pieces of paper to fill some commitment and all that. And I filled. I had forgotten about it. As I was studying this, the thing came up. And I told my wife, do you remember three years ago we made this thing? Maybe like a hundred thousand or something. I said, I don't have the money now. I called up the woman and I said, listen, I made this commitment about three years ago. Husband's funeral. I had completely forgotten. I'm sorry about that. I don't have the money now, but I'm going to pay you 10,000 every month until I pay it off. She said, for just calling me, no, it's enough. I said, no, it's not enough. I will pay. Do you understand? 
You have vowed in all the churches in Boni that you buy them chairs. Go and buy them their chairs. Ah, pastor, I will take care of you. Pastor, don't worry, I will buy you. All those vows, listen to me. Go and clear up your life and bring it to a new point. And when you go before the house of the Lord, don't be rash in making vows. Because by the time you said you were going to do something, the church was dependent on you. The people were dependent on you. The pastors were dependent on you. And so, now that I know the truth, call them and say, I know the truth now. I don't have that money for that vow. I might not be able to meet up, but I can buy the leg of the chair. Do you understand? But, own up. <laughs> Last scripture, Romans 13, 7. Absolutely. Are you still here? This is a good message. I like it. I'll buy three copies for myself. Romans 13, 7. <laughs> you see, when you begin to do all this, the Lord will prosper you in strange ways. I'm telling you. You will... This thing called prosperity, it will be so natural to you. Romans 13, verse 1 and 7, quickly. Verse 1, let every soul be subject to the governing authorities. For there is no authority except from God. And the authorities that exist are appointed by God. Go to verse 7, amplified. Give me amplified quickly. Verse 6 and 7. For this same reason you pay taxes. The civil authority, for the civil authorities are official servants under God. Devoted themselves to attending to this very service. Look at that. He calls them officials under God. The tax collectors. Seven. Render to all men are Jews. Pay taxes to whom taxes are due. Revenue to whom revenue is due. Respect to whom respect is due. And honor to whom honor is due. Which of these lines do we quote a lot in church? Give honor to whom... Quickly now, come on. Which line do we quote a lot in church? Give honor to whom honor is due. Is that where the verse started? What did he say? Render to all men their dues. Pay taxes to whom taxes are due. Revenue to whom revenue is due. Respect to whom... Listen to me. You can't be short-changing light B as a child of God. Are you following what I'm saying? You now be using BUC light for free. And you know you are supposed to pay. You are not doing right. I don't care what your excuses are. We are a different people. Are you following what I'm saying? Did we follow this? passage church of the living god did we follow this passage that to pay our taxes is a commandment by god only those who are not paying taxes said yes can we see that to pay taxes it is god's instruction from from god to us Jews to who Jews is due. If you need to pay your children's due in school, plan it. Stop telling the school, I will, I will. Listen to me. You know, let me explain something to you. When things are difficult to you, these are the scriptures you can take before God in prayers. You say, God, this is your commandment to me. And I'm unable to fulfill it. Show me the way out. Are you following what I'm saying? Be honest. Ten years, you are using life for free. And you say you are smart. Listen to me. Let the corruption in this nation not make you become an evil person. Because that's what happens. Ah, but what are they doing? But look at the politician. Listen, nobody's wrongdoing justifies your own wrongdoing. Are you following what I'm saying? Yeah. No, there's no need to punish armed robbers. Because they tell you, oh, you all have the money because I'm jobless. No. So three things I've ended this message with. As we talk about work. Number one, if anybody has worked for you and you are owing them, call them today after service and say, listen, I know I owe you this from the job you did for me. I don't have the money now, but I acknowledge and I'll pay you. Number two, if you are owing people debts, call them up and say, boss, I know I'm owing you so and so money. I don't have the money now, I'll pay you up. And if you are owing BUC light, you have called the electrician to connect you without reading through the meter. Go and disconnect it and reconnect it. 
Are you following what I'm saying? You know you are owing government taxes. They are giving you a voluntary confession period. I don't know whether it's over now. Go and sort it out. This is the will of God for you. Sunday, July 15th, 2018. It is God's will that you pay your staff, that you work hard, you pay dues to who dues are due, you go pay your vows in all the conferences you have attended because you won't stay in one place and list all the vows and pay them up. And all the people you have promised will take care of you. Just keep preaching. Call them and say, sorry, we won't be able to take care of you again. And listen, I'll tell you this now. By the Spirit of the Lord, as a servant of God, if you put your house in order, the spirit of prosperity will invade you like never before. You'll be amazed at how God will open the doors for you. I can tell you that. Let's pray. Thank you for listening to Present Truth Broadcast with Pastor Maxwell Ogaga. For more information and free downloads, please visit www.pastormax.ng. We would also like to hear from you. Send us an email, info at pastormax.ng or call 0805-888-7575. God bless you.